Texas going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the missed field goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Boise State for the win. They hand it off to Johnson. Boise State has won the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Can you believe it? He's going for the corner. Kick is blocked. Appalachian State has stunned the college football world. One of the greatest upsets in sports history. Welcome back to another episode of the Fifth Year Podcast. It is week five, episode 10. Can't believe we're in the double digits of episodes here. Parker, let's start it off. You had quite the weekend traveling up to the uh, Ryder Cup. How was that? Yeah, I went. Uh, I was at the Ryder Cup on Friday, which was insane. So the beginning of that U.S. beatdown of Europe, it was uh, really, really cool. I've never been to any sporting event like that. I mean, just the the atmosphere was nuts. It looked and awesome. Whistling Straits is insane. What a venue for it, uh, right on the lake. I mean, yeah, I went up there with a buddy and um, re- kind of a last-minute deal. Really glad I did it. Yeah. Yeah, it looked really awesome. I was telling Parker over the weekend I think that's probably the coolest thing I've watched golf wise just team golf I wish they there was more of it yeah and it was nice to see the U.S. actually yeah because the Europe's always had that camaraderie that U.S. has lacked and right this group really came together and yeah it was it was awesome uh yeah cool cool stuff yeah so before we get started here be sure you're following us on social media on Twitter we're at fifth year podcast and on Instagram we're at the fifth year podcast uh, last thing, we're still looking into a voicemail option. Didn't really, kind of forgot last week, but we definitely want to do that because we think that'd be really fun. So we will uh, tweet that out or announce it on next week's podcast if we find something. Uh, let's get right into it. Looking back, uh, it actually didn't look like quite a quite a good slate of games, but it turned into a really fun weekend. So we'll start off with the first one, Clemson getting upset by NC State. Looks like the ACC might be out of the playoff race. Yeah, you could kind of see that this one was kind of coming for Clemson. Or, I mean, obviously they struggled with Georgia, but then they've struggled since then. That game against Georgia Tech, where the offense offenses continue to struggle. So, this was a trendy pick, uh, NC State over Clemson, and it happened. NC State should have won this one in regulation, really. Uh, field goal kicker missed three, including I think a thirty-eight yarder to win. I thought it they were going to. I thought they were going to lose after they. Missed I know. That. I, I know. Like, I didn't too. I was like, this is Clemson's going to yeah. escape. They're yeah. going to escape. This is the type of game that, that Clemson escapes, but. Yeah, uh, Clemson uh, has issues. Uh, NC State was able to move the ball pretty well. Uh, uh, Devin Leary, who's had an up-and-down career for the Wolfpack, had a good game, completed 32 passes, had four touchdowns, no interceptions, had that game winner to uh, Devin Carter. Well, what a, That was an insane catch. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. What it was a, way a really to, good throw, too. Yeah, I couldn't believe he caught that. What a way to, to end the game. But, yeah, Clemson's got serious issues, and the ACC's got issues. They're – I'm ready to officially like pencil in Clemson's or ACC is dead. Yeah, sure. You've got Wake Forest who's undefeated, and now NC State's four and one, but they got their ass kicked by Mississippi State. So yeah. it's not like this is some powerhouse NC State team. The ACC is, is in trouble. If Wake Forest is your flag bearer, mm-hmm. uh, I think they're all but dead. Another thing is, did you notice in overtime? Uh, it was Justin Ross, I think, where he just didn't put his hands up at all. I know it was so I, weird. It was like it was 
like you thought it was way overthrown when it was basically right there. Yeah. You could have jumped. Yeah. yeah, I did notice that. I that was, was happy it, about it. It but. was that was like when NC State had scored to take the lead, right? Yeah, and then and yeah. they were coming back, and that was the final play. Yeah, and he just didn't even put it's his weird, hands up. Weird deal, but yeah, uh, wouldn't feel confident if I was a just wouldn't feel confident in the direction Clemson's going, especially offensively. They lost um, their offensive coordinator Scott a couple years ago to. South Florida, and since then, I think Trevor Lawrence covered up a lot of their issues yeah. they had. Uh, but they've, you mean, even in the last few years, they've gotten to the playoffs and they lost their last two playoff matchups by double digits. They didn't do anything against Georgia, so they've clearly had some issues for a little while now. And yeah, without without Trevor Lawrence to help them out, um, they're more glaring for sure. I just thought of this because I was thinking about how Clemson is with Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson, but then we talked about it a few weeks ago how Kelly Bryant bridge the gap between the two and he is a free agent i would i would definitely have thought he's on a on a team but i guess not did he go from clemson to missouri yeah okay and he didn't he didn't play that great at missouri yeah mm. i guess that doesn't really surprise me but yeah clemson kind of gotten bailed out. i wouldn't say bailed out but they're deshaun watson and trevor yeah, Lawrence two, is pretty i mean those are two hall of fame talent type yeah, guys so. right all right moving on to embarrassing moment of the weekend rattler booed at the ou game a we want caleb chant it looks like we're uh on the same page here but tough tough look for uh ou and ou fans yeah i mean i get the fans being upset i do too with, with rattler i mean he's he hasn't looked yeah. great but you don't I know. do that to your starting quarter i mean it makes zero sense it it's really really odd and kind of out of the blue i think for the most part ou has pretty rational fans but and it was, I mean, you'll hear some people go, oh, 50, 100 people. I mean, that sounded like a lot more than that on TV. Oh, yeah. It, sounded- <laughs> it doesn't pick up like that on TV if it's 50 or 100 yeah, people. Yeah. I really hope it's most of the student section because that's kind of like a an excuse, stupid, yeah. stupid student section where a chant gets started and doesn't end. But Yeah. I mean, I get the I get the frustration that you fans have with Rattler. He's looked, he looks lazy when he throws sometimes, throws off his back foot a lot. On a deep ball, he can't seem to read defense as well. Loves throwing in the double, triple coverage. Uh, doesn't really – I think he has the ability to use his legs, but doesn't use them enough, in my opinion. I mean, even compared to, like, a Baker who could get out of the pocket and fight for yards, we're not seeing that from Rattler. And I don't think it's because of lack of athleticism. I think he likes staying in the pocket a little too much. Yeah. Um, but on the other side of things, I think he's getting too much of the blame. I think they've got – pretty major issues in the offensive line. I mean, if you watch that West Virginia game, Alston, the uh, defensive lineman for West Virginia, was bull rushing yeah. uh, OU's interior line the entire game, and OU's guys couldn't even touch him, it seemed yeah. like. No, I, th- I definitely think it's more than Rattler. Yeah. And then, I mean, we... Oh, it's, it's a video on my laptop. Uh, um, but, yeah, there's... I mean, and then because of the lack of offensive line dominance that you might have seen, we've seen kind of recently with OU they can't run the ball 55 combined yards against West Virginia between Gray and Brooks two really talented running backs they should be able to run the ball more because of this they're not being able to set up play action uh which is a lot of the times when Lincoln Riley t- likes taking those deep shots yeah. so the, the lack of or there is blame on Latler but because of the lack of dominance by the offensive line or not even lack of dominance just bad offensive line play they're not doing what they would like to do, and that's establish the run and set up play action pass, which is almost impossible when you can't run the ball. 
Yeah, it just seems so out of sync. Like they haven't found, obviously you talked about the run, which is a huge part of it, and I think that's the majority of it. They just haven't found an identity really offensively in four games. Yeah, one. I mean, the offensive line looked pretty good against Nebraska, so I'm hoping that was kind of a little bit of a fluke. But they've shown their struggles, and but we're getting to that middle part of the year when Beatonbow really likes kind of finalizing his offensive line mm-hmm. group. Early on, he leans on guys he's had. But I, one thing I noticed was Wanya Morris took over uh, Harrison's spot uh, at left tackle in the in that game, and I wouldn't be surprised if he just keeps it. Uh, Harrison's really, really struggled, and uh, everyone knows how talented Wanya Morris is, and so maybe he's finally clicked and OUC something, and maybe they'll find a combination of five guys that'll work um, enough to right. But yeah, de- defense has has been playing well, so that's that's at least yeah. a good part of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm they're winning games. Uh, they're winning close games yeah. with their defense. So yeah. if I mean, maybe the offense the offense might not ever, not ever figure it out. But if they do, I mean, this is the defense that OU fans have been waiting for. It's solid. It's yeah. really good. I'm staying optimistic as an OU fan. We'll see. But moving on to uh, this is kind of the question of last week and this week: Is Arkansas for real? I think, well, I don't think I. I'm yet. I'm not ready to say Arkansas is a national title contender. Oh yeah. I think we're we'll find. I mean, if they go into oh, yeah. Athens, beat Georgia, they're Huge. a legit yeah. national title contender. I don't. I'm not ready to say that yet. Uh, but they were dominant over a And M. That game really wasn't close. Probably would have won that worse if Jefferson by more if Jefferson hadn't left the game with a knee injury. Their defense is so good. A And M couldn't throw the ball, which is nothing new. They haven't been able to throw the ball all season, but. Outside yeah, Calzada looked ugh, yeah. golly. That's terrible. a rough offense to watch. Yeah. So much for an offensive genius uh, Jimbo is. But, yeah, Arkansas, their run defense is what surprised me. Spiller's a really good running back for A&M. And outside of a 68-yard touchdown run for him, uh, uh, the Arkansas defense held them under 60 yards for the rest of the game on the ground. So that was really promising to see because – the pass defense I felt good about, but to see them shut down the AM run like that was impressive. And then the offense, especially in the first half before that injury, uh, did a lot of good things. Traylon Burks, if you don't know him, look him, uh, look him up. He's one of the best uh, receivers in the country. I think the best receiver in the SEC. Another huge game, six catches, 167 yards, touchdown. He's so big and physical and can and get I mean, he's and he's really I mean, big physical guy can run. He's quick. He makes guys miss. Uh, he's really really fun to watch. And then. That run game continues to continues to work. That uh, run game by committee, quarterback run, uh, plethora a plethora of running backs, uh, a group that's seventh in the country in yards per game on the ground. So if uh, if uh, Jefferson's back this week, like I think Sam Pittman and Arkansas expect, uh, I mean they're going to be a tough battle for Georgia. So I do think Arkansas is legit. I do th- on the other other side of things. I think A and M's not that good. Uh, really at all, but this is still they're talented, and this is still a good win for Arkansas on top of another good win over Texas, who's now rolling. Um, so I'm not ready to. We're gonna if they can. I mean, if they can keep it within two touchdowns of Georgia, I'll be impressed. Yeah, but. yeah, it's a big week because a m You don't really know, and then uh, Texas. I mean, they've looked good the past week or two. I can't remember who they played two weeks ago, but. I don't know. Those two wins might not look as good later down the line, but I mean, still, they look really good and they beat A&M handily. So, yeah. but <clears throat> all right, moving on. Notre Dame with 
three rushing yards beat Wisconsin 41-14. It's so crazy. They have two of the best. I didn't even realize there was that little rushing. <laughs> yeah. Yards. It was, it was the best lot, I think it was a lot of sacks and like there was like yeah. a negative 19 yeah. rushing yards and negative 16 rushing yards, so it totaled yeah. as three. But. That their offensive line is really really bad. Cohen got sacked five times, ended up getting injured, although it looks like he'll be back for the Cincinnati game, but yeah, they basically realized they couldn't run the ball against a really good uh, Wisconsin front seven and decided to go through the air and it worked pretty well. I mean, they did sc- only score 21 offensive points. The score is a little misleading because Chris Tyree, one of those weapons at running back, had a, a 96-yard uh, touchdown return on a kickoff and then Mertz threw two pick sixes late in that game, I think both under the two-and-a-half-minute mark. Uh, he had four total interceptions. So I thought it was five. Was I'll it? Check. Okay, I'll but check. Mer- either way, Mertz is not the guy Wisconsin fans were hoping going into the season. Uh, I'm sure they would take Jack Cohn back at this point. Uh, Cohn, another solid game. Uh, didn't necessarily tear it up before getting injured, but then uh, Notre Dame ended up having to play a couple other guys, and that defense played really, really well. Uh, special teams, they did really – I mean, they they won through all facets of the game. Um, Wisconsin – uh, two losses now early in the season. Uh, Mertz isn't the guy they thought. Their, I mean, defense is has has some question marks. Their run defense is good, but a few question marks in the back end. Uh, yeah, Wisconsin uh, ready to almost. They're um, these two losses are have made them now basically irrelevant for the rest of the season. They play Michigan this week, so I mean, maybe they could bounce back. Uh, get back into the weight race in the uh, Big Ten West. We'll see. Yeah, it was it was four picks. It, but yeah, but Notre Dame that 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 offensive line better get ready for Cincinnati because they've got yeah. dudes. Yeah, I'm pumped for that game. Uh, a good call by you, Parker. SMU beating TCU outright. Ten point dogs going in ish to the week, and they they win the game. Yeah, I mean they're. Uh, SMU skilled players are just much better than TCU's. Better quarterback, better receivers. Better running back, uh, maybe not better running back, but they ran the ball. But what was the difference here, and surprised me a little bit, was what, what SMU's offensive line did. They dominated the TCU defense. SMU ran for 350 yards. That's the uh, Ulysses, Ulysses Bentley is one of the most underrated running backs in the country. He's near the top of every rushing statistic this year. The guy's a stud. They've got a, a three-headed attack with uh, Siggers and uh, Levine as the third guy. So they're deep at running back. Uh, deep receiver Danny Gray is starting to step up and make huge plays. He had a big touchdown early in that game. Uh, really, the game was honestly the score was closer than it probably should have been. SMU could have kicked a field goal late in the half, got down inside the five yard line, but went for it on fourth down. Didn't get it. Uh, had uh, Mordecai had another good game with four touchdown passes, but did throw three picks, so um, gave TCU some opportunities. But the SMU defense really shut down TCU in the second half. Uh, but it was a- after the game that things got real spicy in this uh, in the battle for the iron skillet. Uh, Rasheed Rice, one of SMU's um, best receivers, he'd p- kind of been talking leading up to the game, talking about how everyone, people go to Dallas, not to Fort Worth, how TCU was afraid to play SMU last year, talking a lot of game and backed it up in the game, but then tried to go plant the SMU flag at midfield. Oh, I saw it like a coach got injured. Yeah, yeah, so he was trying to go plan it. TCU guys stopped him from planning it, took the flag, then kind of a scuffle started. And Jerry Kill, he's the former Minnesota head coach, 
apparently got injured in the scuffle. And right after the game, Gary Patterson just goes out and claims he was hit in the head by helmet by an SMU player, which seemed crazy. Uh, and then quickly, people started doing research, Twitter stuff. There's a clear video of a TCU player, I saw probably that. inadvertently, probably not purposefully, but clearly shoving Jerry Kill to the ground. Uh, and so uh, there's no, absolutely no evidence an SMU guy doing it. Pr- a few days later, Gary Patterson press conference. He goes out, basically doubles down on it, says, well, yeah, we know he was hit by the TCU guy, but we think he was, was hit twice. There's absolutely no evidence of that. And then is whines about how it all was started because of the flag planning, just basically <laughs> blaming SMU, starts crying about how SMU Twitter tweeted a video using Gary Patterson's song. Have you? It's funny. Go, I, I, SMU Twitter tweeted a video. Gary Patterson has a song that he made last year called oh, Take yeah, a Step yeah. Back. <laughs> yeah. He said, like, they took a step back. And he said something, like, along the lines of, oh, I would go after him for sue him if if it weren't for having to get ready for Texas this week. The guy has never been a graceful loser. He's a hothead. He's a he's a whiny, he's a whiny baby. Yeah. He, I mean, for years he's been this way. He does not like when he loses. I think one time when t- they lost to Tech, he blamed it on a Tech player shoving someone. There's always something with the guy. Just just take the L, man. You you lost the, your crosstown rival game. Yeah. Uh, things uh, TCU fans are getting a little fed up with with Patterson. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a good game. All right, moving on. Bo Nix benched as Auburn struggles. They were down against Georgia State, but came back and won. Yeah, uh, Auburn uh, really did struggle. Uh, Bo Nix uh, didn't play well at all. Thirteen for twenty-seven, one fifty-six. I mean, that's the typical. I mean, that looks like a Bo Nix stat line, but what you'd think if they were playing LSU or Florida or something, not against Georgia State. So. Uh, We'll see what what happens. I don't think it's been determined who's going to be their starter, whether it's going to be Bo Nix or uh, uh, what's uh, T.J. Finley, I think, uh, who was the LSU transfer. Uh, He's going to be the number three guy at LSU, but he played pretty well when he came in against Georgia State. So, the very least, Finley's going to get playing time, uh, if not start. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts the game though. All right, that concludes our week four recap. Uh, moving on to this and that, a couple college football headlines. Colorado State and Air Force likely moving to the American Athletic. Could happen soon per Brett McMurphy. Shout out Brett McMurphy. Yeah, so this is uh, – I like this move by the AAC. Uh, most people thought they'd go maybe Sunbelt Conference USA or have someone like UAB. But I think this is a good move. Colorado State's a big school in a good town, Fort Collins, with a nice new stadium. 35,000 students, uh, and uh, Air Force, obviously, an academy, so you know, they bring what they bring. Yeah. Uh, and But more so than – I mean, they're solid football programs to add, but more so it destabilizes the Mountain West because the AAC, they're losing their top three teams right now. So they – and they don't want to lose the status of being the top – they want to be the top non-Power 5 conference – and, and the Mountain West is the conference that could be competing for that. So if you go in and destabilize the Mountain West, you basically keep control of that power and right. that path to the college football playoff and once we expand the 12. And it, right now, that path to the New Year's Six Bowl. But uh, Boise, I, I mean, AAC would love to get Boise. I think Boise 
if the Big 12 expands again, which I think it probably will, Boise is arguably the top option. So they're looking at it like, why move now? We want to end up in the Big 12 in a few years anyway. You think Big 12 will expand again? Uh, yeah. I, so they're at they're at 12, right? They'll be at 12 once OU and Texas are gone. Okay. I think they'll go. I think they're going to end up going to Fort. I, I mean, if any time uh, Bowlesby or anyone's asked about it, they say, yeah, th- I mean, it. They imply that it's definitely a possibility for them to expand again. And so, assuming that's the case, I think there's kind of uh, three teams. That would be three to four teams going for two spots. Boise, UCF, or not UCF. Boise, Memphis, SMU, and maybe South Florida, I think, are the... I would love SMU to get in the Big 12. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, they've just got... If they can... they've, I mean, Sonny Dykes has them in the best spot they've been in, in years. This is... Third straight, really good season. They need to capitalize and go win a conference title. If they could win one or two before Cincinnati and Houston and UCF leave, yeah. kind of make a statement and shit yeah, says, definitely. tells the Big 12, should have grabbed us instead. Right. All right, last couple things. I saw Georgia Southern no- <laughs> nose tackle suspended indefinitely for chugging a beer on moving team bus. So I was looking at the video, and I don't really know how I feel about it. I kind of respect the move. Yeah, he was just on top of the bus. It was like a it was like a parade they were going through. But first of all, why are you having your players on top yeah, of the bus? Yeah, how did he get up there? There was another guy sitting in crisscross applesauce next next to him. A fan threw him a beer, and he just started chugging it. So right when I saw this, I was like, "Ah oh, man, what are you doing?" And then I saw the video, and I was like, "Okay, I I don't know. I might do the same thing, but." <laughs> And then next up, Ohio State linebacker quits mid-game after having a meltdown and then an- entered the transfer portal. That was a tough look for yeah, Ohio he, State. He sent out a tweet like right afterwards that he deleted later that said, F Ohio, like, yeah, F Ohio State. I saw that. Man, rough. I mean, can I say the word and you bleep it out? Yeah. For future reviews? I, yeah, I, uh, I kind of want to do some editing bleeping, so At go ahead point, and say I'll, it. What, what did he say, Parker? F- Ohio State. <laughs> All right, there you go. So that, that is uh, this and that, the college football headlines for the week. Moving on to the week five preview, awesome week. I'm so pumped for this weekend. I think four ranked matchups and some other really good games. So we'll start off with Arkansas against Georgia. I actually, Georgia is a 18-ish point favorite. This is, uh, yeah, this is Arkansas's first real big test. This is not a Kirby smart team of two, three years ago, they've got a legit offense. Todd, Mon- Mon- Todd Munkin, sorry, is a really, really good offensive coordinator and has since the middle of last season, once JT Daniels took over for Georgia, they've been one of the best offensive units, in the country Daniels, uh, averaging 70% uh, or throwing for, or completing over 70% of his passes. They're a big play offense, have four receivers or four to f- I think five receivers averaging over 14.8, yards per catch uh, Zaire White and the run game are good uh, so this is going to be a test Arkansas hasn't faced yet A&M's offense didn't provide much of a test and Texas with Hudson Card isn't going to compare to this Georgia offense so uh, George, or Arkansas is, they should be able to slow down Georgia um, but it, they've got to slow them down enough because Arkansas they're a good offensive football team but they don't have that firepower I don't think to get into a shootout with Georgia uh, they've got to control the clock limit turnovers which they've done thus far this season I think they have a six I think they've turned teams over six times and only turned the ball over themselves twice so they've done that so far um, Burks at receiver is going to have to make big plays um, 
back end Catalan, uh, if they could somehow score a defensive touchdown, force multiple turnovers. I think it's going to take something like that. They got to win the turnover battle, mm-hmm. uh, maybe by two or three turnovers, have a big play here and there. Um, because I think they do, if they could do that, they have the defense to slow Georgia down enough from running away or running or getting back into it quickly. So I love, I really like what Sam Pittman's done. I think they might be going to a bit of, into a bit of a buzzsaw here. Yeah. Uh, I think this is, I think the gap between Georgia and Texas and M and Texas is bigger than what most people are thinking. So I like, uh, I like Georgia here. Uh, I think hogs might cover slightly, but I think Georgia wins this game by two touchdowns or so. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, mean, I think I might take Arkansas cause it's like the last chance you can get Arkansas at that spread with 18 or whatever because they've looked good obviously with A&M and Arkansas and it's kind of that that last chance of the year of getting them at like plus 18 so yeah I kind of do like that that Georgia defense is just so good I mean I'm just worried about KJ Jefferson yeah trying to throw the ball against right Georgia yeah I'm pumped about that game what time is that she's gonna have to because the Saturday is so good um that game's at 11 a.m 11 a.m or 12 Eastern 11 Central yeah all right, moving on. Ole Miss at Alabama, battle of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yeah, this agree. One's, this one will be good too. I agree. Uh, Matt Corral, Ole Miss quarterback, in my opinion, is the best quarterback in the country. Uh, he would be my Heisman pick at the right now. He's been really, really good through the air. Uh, they've only played three games. Uh, he's got 997 passing yards already, nine touchdowns, no interceptions. Also, uh, underrated what he can do on the ground. He's got five rushing touchdowns. Uh, Ole Miss hasn't, te- I mean, clearly, obviously they haven't had a test like this because this is the biggest test they're going to have. Right. But, uh, they've been really good, um, against okay teams in Tulane and in, uh, Louisville, but they've got to be even better. The defense has been the key because, uh, we know what this Lane Kiffin led offense could do. I mean, they tore up Alabama's defense last season. They ran all over them, but, their defense was horrible. We've kind of seen, at least early in the season, uh, the Ole Miss defense making plays. Louisville couldn't do anything do anything on them till late. Tulane, who carved up the Oklahoma defense, couldn't do that to Ole Miss defense. So I think their defense is, is good enough to stay in this game. I saw, I think this is the highest uh, point total over under. SEC history, it's like seventy nine and a half points. Yeah, I think so, it's eighty and a half. Yeah, now. it's gonna be, it's gonna be a, or it could very well be a shootout. Alabama, Bryce Young at quarterback. It's scary what they're starting to do at quarterback. They're churning quarterback after quarterback now, and you combine that with the athletes they have, uh, it's scary. Another big test for Bryce Young. He's passed everyone so far with flying colors. Um, I really, really, really – I hadn't decided on who I was going to pick in this game. I think I'm going to go with uh, go with Ole Miss here. I think – Outright. Kip, yeah, to, well, outright. I think right. Ole Miss – That doesn't is, surprise me. It's going to be the first – the first uh, or Lane Kiffin is going to be the first uh, former Saban assistant to beat him. Saban's 23-0 against former assistants. Uh, but I think Kiffin has what it takes, that profile of who gives – struggles to Alabama it's a team that spreads out that runs an up-tempo offense has a quarterback that can do stuff with yeah. his legs which Crow can and they're gonna have to uh Alabama's shown that they can struggle against the run Florida ran all over them dominated uh 
uh, the run game. And Ole Miss broke records running the ball against Alabama, Alabama last season. They've got a committee approach this year that averages over six yards a carry. So I think Ole Miss is going to be able to move the ball. And I like the – I think that the, the gap between these two de- defenses isn't as big as it's been in past seasons. I think Alabama uh, has some issues to stop the run. And I think Ole Miss defense is uh, greatly improved. So I think uh, I'll take Ole Miss here in a stunner over Alabama. I don't disagree with that. The line is Bam minus 14.5, which I absolutely love Ole Miss plus 14. That'll be 2.30 Central on Saturday. Moving on to probably Cincinnati's basically test to get into the college football playoff. Of course, they have to win out. But Cincinnati at number nine, Notre Dame. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I'm... I've been high on on Cincinnati all season, so I'm excited about this. See if they are for real, and I think they are. Uh, Desmond Ritter's been doing his thing. Uh, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing insane, but really, really solid. Uh, combine that with a good run game. Jerome Ford is averaging about 100 yards a game, so they've been getting it on the ground too. They haven't had a real test. They did beat Indiana. Uh, I think one of that one by double digits. But it was closer than it, than it, uh, maybe that score indicated. Uh, and then Notre Dame has a good defense, and I think really showed that um, against uh, Wisconsin. Their offense is is solid. Cone is really good. They've got playmakers, but that offensive line is a real real weakness. They gave it five sacks last week, and Cincinnati is good on all three levels. When you've got guys like Kobe Bryant and Ahmad Gardner on the outsides at corner and Sanders and Van getting after the quarterback, there's just nowhere to hide. You can't rely on a pass. You can't – like, they're not going to be able to just – you know, against Wisconsin, Notre Dame said, we're just going to throw the ball. We're not even going to try to run it because we can't run it on this Wisconsin defense. You can't do that against Cincinnati because they've got one of the best secondaries in the country, arguably the best secondary in the country. So – they're not going to be able to run the ball on them. They haven't been able to run the ball on anyone. So they're going to have to try to throw it, and I think it's going to cause some serious issues. I like uh, Cincinnati to win this one. I do think it'll be pretty close, but I think they're the better football team. So I think Cincinnati takes that next big step towards being the first uh, group of five team making a playoff appearance. Yeah, yeah, they're currently favored by two, which is a little – I mean, that's not too surprising, but playing at Notre, Notre Dame, Dame yeah. favored I mean, by two, it's no. – Notre Dame, I mean Cincinnati's legit. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. A, they play it's big just boy football. wild to see yeah. that <laughs> that yeah. line. All right, moving on to some other games of Week Five. A little quicker on these, but start off with Iowa at Maryland, and why don't you just go ahead and go through them? Yeah, a couple undefeated teams here: Iowa, top five team in the country; Maryland, uh, just outside the top twenty-five, but uh, they're undefeated. Have a nice win over West Virginia in Week One. Friday night battle at Maryland, so. Uh, Seems like a trap game, very much so to me, uh, for Iowa. Big Iowa's time. defense has been so good, but the offense at some point is going to have to show some something more. I've been giving Iowa the benefit of the doubt since that Iowa State win, but Petrus hasn't really taken that next step. They struggled. They were down at half to Colorado State. Uh, did come back uh, to beat them 24-14, but Petrus uh, still, it was a season high, but only 224 yards. They they're not real dynamic through the air, but that defense is just so good. Maryland uh, will, will provide maybe the biggest test for Iowa's defense. Um, uh, 
depending on if you would de- uh, determine that or Iowa State's offense better. But uh, you got Tua's little brother is the Maryland quarterback, uh, Talia. Wow, you can't give him the respect, just Tua's little brother. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It, it truly is yeah. who he is. Yeah, so. I mean, and he he's had a really good season. Yeah, he has. Uh, he's seventh in the country in passing yards, and they've got uh, uh, some weapons outside. Demas is having a good year, and then uh, uh, Jarrett, uh, the receiver that was a really, really – highly touted guy, five-star guy a couple of seasons, years ago, uh, is coming into his own as well. So this is going to be a test for Iowa, uh, but I'm going to pick the the Hawkeyes to, to remain unbeaten. Um, Maryland, in recent years, has come out to good starts and then seems to tumble. Uh, their defense is still – I'm not ready um, to say their defense is uh, even good yet. Uh, West Virginia has been their biggest test. Who's not a great offense, um, so I don't. I think Iowa will be able to do enough and cause enough issues for Maryland. Uh, I mean, the, the Iowa secondary is really good, and Maryland's going to want to throw the ball a lot. So I'll, I'll t- like Iowa's chances of forcing a couple turnovers, which I think will be enough. I think uh, Iowa wins this one. Um, OU. Traveling to K State, trying to avoid losing to Kansas State for the third straight year. I think OU is a ten and a half point favorite here. Uh, it's not uh, K State is saying uh, Chris Kleiman saying that Skylar Thompson's probably not going to play, which would mean Will Howard would start again. Apparently, he's hurt too. Oh, oh okay. So, uh, so yeah. yeah if how uh, do you, that do we, Yeah. So whoever the third string quarterback is for K State, so that's I mean <laughs> for OU, yeah. it's probably a good thing. You. This is going to be a tough test if you go in and Skylar Thompson's plan. But um, Oklahoma offense has got to figure it out. Got to figure out a run game. Got to, I think they've got to go into this game with the intention of trying to run the ball, trying yeah. to establish run. They have to do that. For Lincoln Riley, that's what so many people don't realize about the reason OU's offense have been so good uh, under Lincoln Riley. It's because they're so balanced. They run the ball mm-hmm. if, as well, if not better most years, than they throw the ball, which is crazy to say. Um, and that's why they have such opportunities in the passing game, but they haven't had that. They're not wide receivers aren't running free like they have in the past. So I think they need to go in this and try to run the ball on Kansas state. Um, because if they can K state, uh, has some weaknesses on the back end. Uh, Spencer Sanders threw for over 300 yards against them. And Spencer Sanders hadn't done that all season for OSU. So, I think OU is going to survive. I wouldn't be surprised if it's similar to what we've seen. Um, I'm been saying what I think OU should do, but I don't think I don't necessarily believe that's going to happen. I do think the offense is hopefully, hopefully for Oklahoma's sake, has bottomed out. I do think they will start showing signs of improvement as they typically do uh, throughout Big Twelve play. Um, but yeah, assuming Skylar Thompson's not playing, I think OU just has too much talent. And, I mean, that's a, a tough test for a third-string quarterback against a, a good Oklahoma defense. So I think Oklahoma will win, uh, and maybe f- with a little more wiggle room than they have uh, yeah. in the last few weeks. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. I I keep saying, oh, yeah, this is putting our OU hats on, so forgive us if you're uh, not wanting an a little biased little section here, but I hope that their offense figures it out. I mean, with Lincoln every year, we're thinking this is the best offensive mind in college football. So I haven't seen that yet, but 
you know, offensive line, running game, and Spencer haven't really figured it out. I also saw today he saw or he said that he's never felt comfortable after like week four of their offense, which this one's a little worse than past years. So I hope they finally figured out because I'm pumped about the defense, but the offense we can't do much at all if this is the way it's going to look every week. So yeah, yeah, okay. I've got something, and I meant to, to bring this up earlier, but. I'm going to bring it up now just because we're on Oklahoma and like Spencer Rattler. There's been an interesting correlation between some of these guys that have signed big. This is probably not going to be a necessarily a popular thing to say, Mm -hmm. but a lot of the guys that have signed big NIL deals have been guys that have really, really underperformed Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell, Bo Nix. I'm, this has been a really, really weird year of college football. And it is interesting to me that it lines up with CJ Stroud. Yeah, yeah. It, that lines up with the NIL stuff. I mean, could I know. that have an impact in locker rooms? It's does that have weird. an impact on Spencer Rattler? Who I feel like it's just such a new got thing. Two cars. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and I've thought the exact same thing. I think it's so new, but I completely agree. I mean, when you're spending your weeks talking to executives at big time companies, signing deals and stuff, it's probably a little different than when you basically just need to like a normal student, well, yeah, and, and not worrying about all that. It, is it weird when they go back into the locker room and then they've got a walk-on kid? A million kid dollars. That, yeah, and then the next they're in the locker, two lockers down from a walk-on who's paying for his yeah. education. Yeah, it, it's so just something to think about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I thought the same thing. I it's just interesting to me that this has been this has been a really weird, crazy, bizarre early start to the season, and this is the first season we've had guys getting nil deals. Yeah, just something I kind of crossed my mind. But uh, I'll get back on track here. Boston College, uh, undefeated, heading to Clemson. Uh, Clemson's 16-point favorite here, but Boston College is sneaky good. Heffley's done a really good job there. Uh, I know their quarterback was nicked up, and they still there's a big talent gap more so than between Clemson and NC State last week. So I think Clemson at home wins this one, uh, but I think BC covers. I think Clemson's offense continues to struggle, especially against a defensive-minded team like BC. So I think BC can hang around in this one for a while, but Clemson's not losing two in a row at home. Or no, they lost in the road, but they're not losing two in a, two in a row in the ACC. Uh, On to a Big 12 game, uh, T- Texas at TCU. TCU's had Texas' number in this series um, since TCU's joined the Big 12, but they uh let's see if Gary Patterson like can look ahead or if he's not worried about <laughs> someone planting a flag in his field. He's gonna say a third push. That, yeah, I mean, yeah. What will his excuse be when he loses to Texas? Because that's what I think is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Texas under Casey Thompson looked good. Their defense gave up a lot of points to Tech, but the game was over once they were giving up that all those points. Bijan Robinson is an electric running back, so I like Texas to go into TCU. Uh, I mean. Robinson might run all over that TCU front seven, which is so weird that TCU's defense is showing signs of weakness. They SMU really pushed them around, and then Cal had success against them too. So I think Texas, who's got a pretty dynamic offense, uh, is going to move the ball with ease. And then Max Duggan just, you know, he is who he is at this point. He hasn't been able to take that leap to become a top-tier Big 12 quarterback. They've got some weapons, uh, but their offensive line's not that good. Uh, they give up some push on the inside. Uh, I think, uh, I think Texas 
will finally uh, finally beat TCU, which they've struggled to do in, in recent history. Looking for the spread on that. I don't know if it's. Uh, I think it was Texas five. five Texas yeah, by it, five. I kind of yeah. like Texas coming off that good week against Tech. Yeah, I think a lot of the public likes Texas too. I think yeah. that's been which is been always bet scary. Up, I think yeah. Um, into Big Ten play, uh, eleven a.m. kick uh, on Saturday. Michigan traveling to Wisconsin. Uh, big game for Michigan. They're undefeated so far, and I've liked what I've seen. Uh, Harbaugh's gone back a little bit more to his roots. They'd been more of a gone to more to a spread the last few years and it hasn't worked for the Wolverines but they've gone back to a heavy run game and that run game is really really good one of the best run games in the country uh, but that's a strength of Wisconsin so Michigan's gonna have to throw show that they can throw the ball um, Wisconsin defense is all a lot of question marks offensively uh, struggling in the past game run games a bit inconsistent uh, I think Michigan wins this one I really do think this is surprisingly I'm surprised to see how uh, what Michigan's done so far. They beat some some solid teams and uh, dominated several games. Um, so I think Michigan's going to gonna go to Camp Randall and win this one. Big test for Harbaugh, too. If they lose yeah. this one, it's just yeah. he's and already but, had a bad bad rep. But yeah. But he can, I mean, if he, this, the Big Ten looks pretty wide open this year. Yeah. So definitely. I'm not, I mean, I think, I think Michigan might be, is a contender in the Big Ten, especially mm-hmm. if they can go into Wisconsin and win this one. Um, Oregon traveling to Stanford. Uh, Oregon third in the country. The really one hope for the Pac-12 is a playoff contender. Stanford, ever since they made the change at quarterback, has been playing better football. Uh, Oregon though has an has developed an identity. Uh, they run the ball well. They play really good defense, and they've just got good athletes. So when you're a when you play that solid brand of football and you have really good athletes to go along with it um you know it produces wins it's not always they're not the flashiest team in the world um but they're just really really solid and i don't think stanford's gonna be able to keep up with them so i think oregon wins this one by double digits ohio state going to rutgers uh i do like what shiano is doing at rutgers and there he's definitely got them heading the right direction uh i think they might hang around in this one but ohio state's gonna win this one uh They've got too much, too many playmakers to lose to lose the Rutgers. Uh, Florida traveling to Kentucky. I think Kentucky is going to keep this one close. Uh, didn't love Florida. Kind of uh, blew it open late against Tennessee, but that offense scares me a little bit. Uh, they run the ball really well, but um, some point you've got to do a, some something to the air a little bit more. So I think Kentucky will hang around. They've got a really good run game, good offensive line, good running backs, led by Rodriguez. So I think uh, Kentucky hangs around, but Florida will win this one. Uh, under the radar game, the Big 12, Baylor traveling to Oklahoma State. Uh, two teams that are now ranked, both undefeated. OSU struggled early in the season, but it's kind of picking it up late. Really good win over Boise State on the road, and then dominant performance over K-State last week, uh, which was uh, surprising to me. But uh, OSU's defense is really good. And then out of the blue, Spencer Sanders – Suddenly looks like a good quarterback. He hadn't yeah. done anything all year. He throws for 330 yards, takes OSU a huge OSU to a huge lead early, um, and then Baylor, another deal. They came out of the gates a little slow early, uh, beat Texas State by nine. Uh, then last couple of games they beat KU, killed KU, and then had a statement win over Iowa State. Uh, Bohannon looks like he's definitely been the right choice at quarterback. 
they run the ball really well, and Dave Aranda's done what he does, and that's pl- coach teams that play good defense. Uh, so they've got a salty defense. Um, I think this is going to be a good game. Man, I I really – this is a, a tough one. <laughs> it's I think, very tough. I think Baylor's a better team. I think they have more of an identity offensively than OSU. Uh, they both have good defenses. I'm going to take Baylor on the road here. This just is the type of game that the Pokes lose when they're undefeated, uh, a home game against a team like Baylor. I like I think Baylor will pull this one, up, one off in a in a close one. Yeah. Last couple here. Uh, Auburn is traveling to LSU. Hated what I saw out of Auburn last year uh, or last week. I think LSU is going to win this one. Uh, just at home. Don't want to have a QB controversy if you're Auburn at this point in the season. Uh, yeah, I, I like I like LSU here. And then lastly, uh, Arizona State traveling to US, UCLA. Uh, I think UCLA wins. I think they're the best team in the Pac-12 South. Uh, that loss to Fresno is not a horrible loss. Um, Arizona State, eh, I, they're a preseason top 25 team, but they don't really impress me too much. They're not physical. Uh yeah, I don't. I just don't love them, and I think UCLA is solid. I think Thompson Robinson will have a good game against Arizona State, and uh, and the Bruins win at home at the Rose Bowl. All right, that's the Week Five games. Moving on to trivia. I was telling Parker before we recorded. I think he'll do well. Felt a little bad the last couple weeks. Been really taking it to him. So it's, I either go five for five. Or I know. Two for five. And I can't figure it out. I always feel like they're about the same, and then. Yeah, I never know. Let me get my timer out here. All right, we are ready to roll. 30 seconds each question. Question one. What Big 12 school led the nation in total yards in 2016? Led the nation in total yards in 2016. Okay, so you would be the easy choice, you'd think. That was Baker's first or second season at OU. It had to have been. It had to have been. I mean, I think OSU probably had a good offense that, that year with Mason Rudolph. I think this has to be a trick question. How many sec? Five. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna go Oklahoma. Texas Tech with Mahomes. Oh, was that year. Dang. Yeah. All right. Question two. Oh for one. What Penn State coach bridged the gap between Joe Paterno and James Franklin? Bill O'Brien. One for two. Question three. Who did Chad Kelly and Ole Miss beat in the 2016 Sugar Bowl? Oklahoma State. What stadium is nicknamed the Grand Old Lady? The Grand Old... I... I feel like this is really weirdly... Kansas. (laughs) No, USC. I guess it must be... Yeah, the LA Memorial Coliseum. All right. Uh, two for four. Let's see if you can go above 50% this week. Question five. Who is currently leading the nation in passing touchdowns this season? Tanner Mordecai. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. Three for five. Hey. All right, Parker, you're on the come up. Come three up. for five. All right, so that is all we have for this week. Parker, go ahead and give us your unbelievable closing. Yeah, really, really, really fun weekend of football ahead. Definitely the best slate we've had. I hope it lives up to the expectations. I'm start excited to start the day with that 
uh, Arkansas-Georgia game. I think we'll find out a lot about the Hogs. Would love to see a, a good d- game down there in Athen- Athens. I think same goes for Ole Miss. If they can go into Tuscaloosa and compete with the Tide, they'll. Sh- I mean, those are two teams that can clearly take that next next state or step to make a statement and say we're national title contenders. If you win either of those games, you put yourself in those shoes. Um, yeah, so it should be a really really fun weekend ahead. Cincinnati as well. That one uh, they have their chance to make their statement, show that they're a real real playoff and even national title title contender as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram as always um, at fifth year podcast on Twitter and at the fifth year podcast on Instagram. And yeah, thank everyone for listening. It's been a lot of fun. 10 episodes so far. That's crazy. And uh, yeah, good luck and prayers to Clint as he has his surgery tomorrow, uh, Thursday. Yep. So um, prayers to Clint. And uh, thank you. Yeah. Let's uh, have a good weekend of football.